بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد ابن عطاء الله سيز إنما جعل الدار الآخرة محل محلا لجزاء عباده المؤمنين لأن هذه الدار لا تسع ما يريد أن يعطيهم ولأنه أجل أقدارهم عن أن يجازيهم في دار لا بقاء لها He made the hereafter an abode to reward his believing servants. He specifically made the hereafter as a special place to reward his believing servants only because this world cannot contain what he wishes to bestow upon them. And number two, because he deemed their worth too high to reward them in a world without permanence. That is the value that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds his servants in that he reckons that this world despite the fact that we think it's an enjoyable place he knows it to be too limited <clears throat> both in terms of the quality of what he can give us and also in its permanence in its temporality really so that's why he made the hereafter for that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called this dunya the darul ghurur the abode of deception and we can clearly see its deception only those people who read the Quran who read the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will know its deception can you imagine if we had no idea about the hereafter through the Quran and the Sunnah through our messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam what would you think of this world why would you believe in another world for most people out there this world is the world even most Christians out there, they probably don't read the Bible enough to really know their theology, their eschatology, meaning details of the unseen. They don't have to believe in it. It's too material for them. They, they are very materialistic, very reductionist in that sense. <clears throat> so now you understand why they would find it very strange. However, we have a scripture that we believe in. We have guidance that we find understanding and inspiration from. So that's why this dunya is Darul Ghurur. It's an abode of deception. It makes it feel real that this is the real world. Whereas reality, you can say, is <clears throat> reality is in a sense a relative idea. There's more reality in the hereafter because it's more permanent. And reality in this world, there is a reality to it, no doubt. We live in this reality. <clears throat> but it's not the permanent reality of the hereafter. So that's why it becomes an abode of deception. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that this world will eventually, and everything in it, will perish, will end, and will come to nothing. So it is, you can say, the lowly world, Darun Daniya. It's the lowly world. The degraded world. Zailatun Thaniya. It's going to eventually disappear and it's going to end and perish. That's why it's been called the dunya. The, the whole the the word itself, dunya, dunya. That's the whole reason why it's called the dunya. The name in itself signifies its reality. Because dunya <clears throat> comes from two meanings. Both of them indicate the hereafter. 
both of them indicate another. One is dunya is called dunya because lidunuwiha, because of its closeness. Something being close means that there's something else that's far, that's distant, that's to come. Because you're not going to say something is close if there's nothing else. Being close gives an indication that there's something else. Number two, لِدَنَاءَتِهَا <clears throat> Dunya is called dunya because of dana'atun. It's dana'a. Dana'a means it's degraded status. It's humiliated nature. It's inferior status. So either of those ways. That means there must be something superior. So it is both ضَيِّقَةُ zamani wal makan. It's both constricted in terms of its timing, in terms of its time that it will give you, and also in terms of its place. It's only limited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then called the hereafter Darul Qarar, the abode of permanence. The abode of permanence and the place of the manifestation of light, <clears throat> the uncovering of secrets where you'll see what reality was, and permanent bliss, happiness, and bounties. And the place where you will see your beloved ones and all veils between you and your beloved ones, those you seek out, will be lifted. Its bounties will be permanent and it will remain forever. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that the abode of reward for those who worship Him, for those of His servants that worship Him. And He made that the true station, maq'adu sidqin, in the maliki muqtadir, maq'adu sidq, the true, <clears throat> the real station for the prophets and the siddiqeen, the champions of truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not satisfied that He reward them in a, an abode that would not remain permanent, that would be constricted in its time and place. A place where there is defects, a place where there is filth and dirt, humiliation, degradation, dishonor. And it is too constricted, too tight, too limited to encompass what He wants to give them. What he has in store for them, this world is too limited for that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give them permanence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give them expansion. Both of these things, extensive. He wants to give us extensiveness. Both of those things are impossible in this world. And the reason for that is highlighted in a hadith because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the lowest of the people in Jannah, literally the lowest of the millions of people inshallah in Jannah, He will give them ten times the size of this world. And that permanently. That just gives an indication. So can you imagine, Can you imagine what the people at the highest realms will be getting? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ يَعْمَلُونَ Nobody, no nafs, no living being knows that which has been kept concealed for them in terms of that those things which will gladden their eyes. Something that gladdens your eyes gladdens your heart. The eye is 
a way to the heart. Clearly saying, reward as a reward for that which they used to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says <coughs> in a hadith Qudsi, this is not in the Quran, that I have prepared for my servants, the pious ones among them, <coughs> that which no eye has seen, no ear has heard the likes of. In fact, it's something that you'll never conceive in your in your heart. It's not something even that you can think of its beauty, its permanence, etc. It's mind-boggling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the value of His pious servants at a really high level. He really values... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is honorable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ability to honor. When there's an honorable individual in the world, the kind of hospitality that they provide, the kind of assistance that they can give, the kind of attention that they can have, is something we understand. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with all of His beautiful names, all of His qualities, then you can imagine what He will give for those who have fulfilled His dictates in this world. So he doesn't want to give in a world that is going to perish because <clears throat> whatever seems to be the build-up in this world, whatever seems to be the structure in this world, eventually it's going to end. And we see Allah gives us signs by things being destroyed. Allahu Akbar. In fact, he says that the existence of these things are just like a mirage. They, they will disappear. فَفِي بَعْضِ الْأَخْبَارِ it's uh, in some narrations it mentions that if th- this is this is really really powerful it's a mind it's really thought provoking w- one uh, proverb says that if this dunya if this dunya if you imagine it to have been made in, of gold and the akhirah to have been made of clay so this dunya was going to be made of gold the akhirah was going to be made of clay then which one would you prefer which one would you take? This world of gold, which is temporary, or world in the hereafter, which is made of clay, but it's permanent. So he says, al-aqilu, The intelligent one would take that which would remain forever over that which would not remain, despite what it's made of. Now that's just a, that's just a question um, that is just... A, hypo, a hypothetical scenario whereas the reality is actually the opposite anyway because this world is made of clay and that world is made of gold and it's permanent so even if it was not like that we should t- take the hereafter and when it is like that when, when both of the positives are on the side the permanence and the gold is on the other side then why not but that then requires belief to believe in that and this is where the belief comes in see all of this is all Hypothetical. It's all, it's all uh, theory, isn't it? At the end of the day, it, it's only as good as we make it our belief. And the more we make our belief in this, the more iman we have in this. That is how much stronger this will become. And the secret, I for for me, for for me uh, and my experience, the secret of getting away from the world and focusing on the hereafter is to remember your death, 
to remember the hereafter. There's no other way to do it. Because if there is no concept of the afterlife and etc. etc. to do with it, then you become indulgent in this world. The only way to take yourself away from the world even a bit is to focus on the hereafter. And try it. That's, that's the only way. Why would you otherwise? If you're not going to the hereafter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why would you? But that requires belief to do that. And the belief is strengthened by our athkar, etc. By keeping regularly our heart in tune. Otherwise, when our hearts become out of tune, without any dhikr, then it starts falling apart. There's a, uh, another narration which says that أَلَا وَإِنَّ السَّعِيدَ مَنْ اِخْتَارَ بَاقِيَةٍ يَدُومُ نَعِيمُهَا عَلَى فَانِيَةٍ لَا يَنْفَكُّ عَذَابُهَا وَقَدَّمَ لِمَا يَقْدُمُ عَلَيْهِ مِمَّا هُوَ الْآنَ فِي يَدِهِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُخَلِّفَهُ لِمَنْ يَسْعَدُ بِإِنْفَاقِهِ وَقَدْ شَقِيَ هُوَ بِجَمْعِهِ وَاحْتِكَارِهِ He says, no, or woe, that the fortunate one is the one who adopts and prefers that which will remain and whose bounties will be permanent over that which is to be depleted and whose punishment never stops. Punishment here means trials, tribulations of this world. They never stop. It's never, you know, you may have a good year, you may have a good month, but eventually something will come to mess you up a bit. You know? And he sends forth to that which he is going to arrive at. He sends forth for the abode to which he is going to go and he sends forth from that which he has right now in his hand before he leaves it for the one who will be happy to spend it. That's so beautiful. He, send, he spends of that which if he leaves behind, those who he leaves it behind to will be happy to spend it. He spends from that to that abode which he's going for. So he's investing for his hereafter. And the people who are going to spend it and enjoy that, they're going to do that while this person, while he was gathering it and treasuring it and hoarding it, he was obviously sacrificing. So he leads a life of sacrifice in hoarding these things because he doesn't spend it. And he leaves it for somebody behind him and doesn't invest for the hereafter. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari says that I heard Rasulullah saying Release yourself Release yourself by obedience And cover yourself in the garb of fear And make your hereafter for yourself Be selfish in this regard Make your hereafter for yourself and make your efforts, your endeavors for your permanent abode. Know that very soon, very soon, you will be taking your journey. And you will be traveling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ هُنَالِكَ إِلَّا صَالِهُ عَمَلٍ قَدَّمْتُمُوهُ and the only thing which will be to benefit you and which will enrich you there will be the good deeds that you have sent forth. Or the 
the great excellent reward that you will be given. Innakum innama tuqaddimuna ala ma qaddamtum. You are only going to that which you have sent forth. وَتُجَازُونَ عَلَى مَا أَسْلَفْتُمْ And you'll only be rewarded for what you've done in the past. فَلَا تَخْدَعَنَّكُمْ زَخَارِفُ الدُّنْيَا زَخَارِفُ الدُّنْيَا دَنِيَّةً عَنْ مَرَاتِبِ جَنَّاتٍ عَلِيَّةً So let not this degraded world deceive you, take you away from the high levels of the gardens, the gardens of bliss in the hereafter. فَكَأَنْ قَدْ كُشِفَ الْقِنَاءِ وَارْتَفَعَ الْإِرْتِيَابِ وَلَاقَى كُلُّ مْرِئٍ مُسْتَقَرَّةِ وَعَرَفَ مَهْوَا هُوَ مُنْقَلَبَةِ So, it should be as if the way you should live is with these veils having been removed, doubts to have been alleviated, and everybody will then get what their permanent abode is and they will recognize their their abode the place where they may be destroyed the place where they may be going back to the next one he says <laughs> this one is related he says sometimes he gives while depriving you Sometimes he gives while depriving you, and sometimes he deprives you in giving. Now that definitely has to be unpacked. This is, again, a very important point he's making here because it will, inshallah, alleviate any depression one has when they feel that they have a setback. When they feel that things aren't going the way they expected to go things that were like their heart would want them to go their nafs so what he's saying here is the dominant state of the nafsul ammara which is the evil inciting self and the lawama not mutmainna the evil invite uh, inciting self and the uh, the lawama is the <coughs> the censoring self the dominant state in both of these situations is that it will generally expand. The nafs will expand. You'll feel good when you're given something. When you receive something, when you, when you earn more, when you somehow receive more, the heart expands. The nafs expands. I mean, it's quite a normal state. I mean, this is what we live for. Essentially, this is what we live for. When we don't get something, it contracts. You don't feel happy in that state. You feel like you're being deprived. This is our normal state, unfortunately. The, the reason is that when it's given, that's its food. That's the food of the nafs. That's its desire is being fulfilled. So clearly, there's no doubt that it's going to expand with that. With that. And when, when, it's prevent, when, uh, when gifts are prevented, bounties are prevented from it, then that is like you're cutting its supply. You're severing its supply. And you're, it's not going to give you... You're not, you're not giving it its desire. So then there's no doubt that it's going to become contracted. It's going to have this desire for it. And the reason for all of this... Now, we think this is a normal state, that this is what we live by. Yes, it is. But 
it's only because he says it's only because it is ignorant of its Lord and doesn't have understanding doesn't comprehend the situation if it really had the understanding about Allah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it would know that things being withheld from it is Allah gifting it that is a bounty that prevention is a bounty that withholding is a bounty about a bounty and it being given is sometimes a prevention from Allah that Allah is preventing something good from coming to them when he gives something to them again this doesn't make it fully clear but we'll get to it so o faqir o one in need o needy one understand this from your lord and don't accuse him when you don't have something don't accuse him because you could be making a major mistake because sometimes he gives you that which the nufus that which the ego desires by that he prevents you from hadrat al-quddus from being in the presence of the holy one and sometimes he prevents he withholds that which the nafs desires but then by that he will complete your presence he will give you presence and your congeniality with your lord your attachment to your lord so sometimes he prevents <clears throat> the worldly objects its desires its beauty its <clears throat> its fruits sometimes he gives those things to you but then he prevents you from the benefits of presence with him so you feel empty inside though outside you have everything sometimes he gives you the zina to dunya but then he prevents you from witnessing his presence sometimes he gives you the food and nourishment the sustenance of your body the phys physical sustenance but then he will he will withhold from you the sustenance of the ruh and the soul Sometimes he gives you the ruh of the soul, or rather he prevents the ruh, the the food of the out, outer, but he gives you the food for the inner. So all of these things are possible. Sometimes he will give you attention of people. People will turn to you, and they will respect you. They will honor you, and so on and so forth, because you know you've done something, whatever it is. But then. He could prevent the attention of the Allah, of Himself. You have attention of people, but you don't have the attention of Allah on us. Sometimes He can prevent, He can withhold and keep people's attention away from you. So you don't gain any fame. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, His attention is on you. Sometimes He gives you knowledge. He gives you understanding of this knowledge. You can give good understanding, good explanation. But he has prevented you from really knowing that which is really knowable. And recognition of that Hayyul Qayyum, gnosis of him. Sometimes he may not give you too much uloom, but your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understanding of him is great. And that's why you have some of the shuyukh that we've had of the past in the salasil, in the four salasil and the more. They weren't ulama in terms of having studied for years and years and years they knew their they knew their fardul, uh, fardul ayn 
they knew what they had to do in their life and they were very particular about it and they had the presence of Allah whereas you had others who were great ulama in the sense of but they didn't necessarily have the same ma'rifah as them you could have both as well because generally but it's also possible that if you just focus on one thing and focus on the external which is the people of the external and you don't focus on the inside the one who is successful is the one who gets both sometimes he may prevent he may give you the honor of this world but may prevent the honor of the hereafter sometimes he may not give you honor in this world but give you great honor in the world and this is the greatest sense of solace and comfort especially for those people who don't have because this world at the end of the day is is temporary and when you feel vulnerable and you feel everybody's against you and you feel in this world that you know like like the muslims are going through but if they keep up if they keep up their their, their iman then the real place the real playing field is the hereafter that's that's what really helps a lot sometimes he may give you honor with people but then prevent you from honor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes he may not give you any honor among the people but then he will give you honor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes he may give you the service of people people will assist you help you and so on but then he will prevent you he will prevent from you the witnessing of the one who makes all of these things happen and sometimes you won't have any service from the people people give you no respect etc but you will have the witnessing of the hereafter and we were just in Mauritania and suddenly the our host who's mashallah a very salih individual we're driving suddenly he just stops on the motorway I mean it's not much of a motorway but you know there's not huge amounts of cars going there you're probably the only car for you know. and there was this beggar an old man with a walking stick and I said what are you doing what are you doing so he, st- he stops and suddenly reverses the car right and he says and he gives him something and he said let's tell him to make dua for us as well <clears throat> he said he could be a wali of Allah we don't know right um, he was just like an old man you know walking in the middle on the side in the desert because the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ says, "Rubba ash'atha aghbara matrudi min al-abwabi law aqsama an Allahi la abarraha." There are certain servants of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that are soiled and disheveled in their appearance, you know, just like beggars on the street or whatever. But they are so close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that if Allah Subhanahu wa Taala willed, if they so if they swore an oath with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Allah would fulfill that oath for them. So looking at that person's state. In that state, what's he doing down there in the middle of the desert like that? You know, what's he doing down there? <clears throat> Sometimes he could give you great administration in this world. So you have the ability to make things happen in this world. But he may prevent you from entry into the upper realms. Sometimes he may prevent, give you no authority in this world. But then he gives you witnessing of the high realms so this is why all of this dunya is darul ghurur but it requires belief for these things to settle in the heart because when we go outside again we suddenly see the dunya and we forget all of this and the proof of all of this is in the quran you may be that you dislike something but it's better for you so finally what he says here is it often happens 
And he says, sometimes he gives you while depriving you. Sometimes he deprives you in giving. It often happens that on account of the worldly adornment, luxuries, and pleasures that Allah Most High, it often happens that on account of the worldly adornments, luxuries, and pleasures that Allah Most High grants to someone, one becomes immoderately involved in those mundane activities to the extent that one is deprived of the success and sweetness of obedience. When the ego is engaged in the pleasures of the world, it cannot experience the pleasures of obedience. It also often happens that one's deprivation of worldly pleasures is regarded as a misfortune. However, one is given the success and sweetness of worship in lieu. The servant should not therefore focus his gaze on the superficial worldly bestowals and deprivations. This is really important because somebody could misunderstand from everything we've said that let's leave everything, abandon everything and just focus on the hereafter. That's not what it's telling us to do. It's telling us to disassociate our nafs from it and our heart from it. That's what he's saying. If Allah gives you, take it and accept it. Ask Allah for afiyah. But keep your focus somewhere else. Don't think that because you've been given this, you get happy with it. He's just saying that this is generally the way the nafs acts, but know better and understand the reality of this. That's what he's saying. So let no, nobody misunderstand that I must just give everything up. SubhanAllah, uh, in, in our trip to Mauritania, I said to one person uh, that was in the Baghia to Sheikh Ba's son, I said to him that one of the reasons we came is to see the zuhd here. And he set me aright, to be honest. He said, he said this is not zuhd. I mean, they live uh, without, uh, without electricity. The only electricity they have is from solar panels. So they literally have like one bulb in one room, no fridge, nothing of that nature, no, you know, no TV, anything of that nature, nothing. Right? You go there at night, they will have to sacrifice a goat for you because they don't have a fridge where they can... And that's what, exactly what they did. You know, we, used to, we used to go at night time and they used to uh, have food within a short amount of time, meat, where you get the meat from, you know, and it's fresh. You know, it doesn't smell or anything. It's really properly organic. And then he said to me, he said, he says, you could be down there and as long as your heart is not attached, he's an alim, he says, as long as your heart is not attached, you could be a zahid there with everything around you. And he says, somebody here may not have anything around him, but his desire, his heart is on everything outside. So zuhud is a state of the heart. So what this is saying is just understand that when he gives you, it doesn't mean anything. And if he doesn't give you, also, don't get angry with him because there's bounties in all of these states. Just make it the right thing. Get your focus correct in all of these things. So that's why he's saying it also often happens that one's deprivation of a worldly pleasure is regarded as a misfortune. Don't think it's a misfortune, basically. However, one is given the success and sweetness of worship in lieu. The servant should not therefore focus his gaze on the superficial bestowals and deprivations. The worst person is the one who doesn't have the world. And doesn't even have sweetness of faith. Because their heart is too much. They want it. When is okay, I don't have it, I don't have it. You know? The servant should not therefore focus his gaze on the superficial bestowals and deprivations. He should understand the reality of everything and discharge the right of every occasion. That's the main thing. Discharge the right of every occasion. There's a hadith in Muslim Ahmad in which the Prophet said, Do not suspect Allah with respect to his decree. Do not suspect Allah with, with respect to His decree. Whatever He decrees from, don't suspect Him. Always think well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq.
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand reality. Because uh, I think what conclusion I've come to really is that as long as your focus is right in the world, then you're successful. Because that focus will help you to worship more. It'll help you to unravel situations. There's always situations coming on us. If you have the right focus and the right understanding based on that knowledge, then you're doing saddidu wa qaribu. Then you're trying to hit the mark or you're trying to get close and you're trying to accept the glad tidings. When you don't have the right perspective of how things should, how we should approach this world, then we'll be aiming in the wrong direction. Allah wants us to aim in the right direction. He knows we're not going to always hit the mark. But at least if we're aiming in the right direction, we'll get close. So this is very important. To have the right set of mind, right frame of mind, optimism in that regard, love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and great trust in this, this is where all of these things come into. Then you'll be successful, whatever situation you're in.